0: Are you ready to generate way more leads with way less struggle? I have great news for you. I'm now accepting new students into High Performance Agent Academy. Inside the Academy, you'll get eight months of customized support from me and get access to my entire playbook. Sales, marketing, social media, systems, all of it ready for you to copy and paste right into your business. Check the show notes for the link to learn more. We start on May 1st. Have you been wishing that you had way more Google reviews than you do right now? Good news, this episode is going to solve that problem for you and give you a really clear and simple plan of how you can get way more Google reviews than you have right now. As of this recording, my team has 163 five-star reviews on our Google page, and I'm going to walk you through the framework that I've put in place to communicate and set expectations at such a high level plus the systems and templates and copywriting that I use to educate and inform my clients about the importance of reviewing us, and the scripts and conversations that I have to bring people around to actually getting the review done. So if this sounds like something you need, listen up, can't wait to share with you. Hey, my name's Tina Bellavo, and I am obsessed with all things real estate growth, marketing, social media, technology, and team building. If you're an ambitious agent who's hungry to grow, work on your own terms, and build a thriving life outside of your business, this is the podcast for you. I got into real estate when I was 18 years old and grew my business from nothing through referrals and social media. And since then, I've built a top performing team and I've sold over 1,700 homes and $400 million in sales volume. In this podcast, I keep it real, and I tell you exactly what I'm doing to sell tons of houses, lead my team, market my brand, grow my social following and database, and maintain incredible work-life balance. I'll never shy away from sharing my biggest mistakes as well as the juiciest parts of my secret sauce. Pull up a seat and get ready to learn and be inspired. This is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Bellabo. Welcome back to the High Performance Agent Podcast. And today I'm going to talk with you about three simple steps to getting more Google reviews. And I just love this topic. People ask me about it all the time. I have been working very intentionally on my team's review track record overall for a very long time. It's been a focus since probably (laughs) 2012, 2013 for me. The thing that's evolved the most is really focusing on Google as the priority and really nothing else, which was a little hard for me to let go of. For a long time, we were accruing reviews in a lot of different places. And at the beginning of 2020, I decided to make a decision to just focus on Google. And that has paid so many dividends in a couple ways. Number one, as of this recording, we have 163 five-star reviews on Google. And more coming every week. We have a really high rate of clients reviewing us on Google. It's about 90% according to the stats that I kept from last year. And of course, the much more important benefit is not that just we look good online, but we get a lot of organic business from our Google presence. And people tell us very specifically that the reviews are what sold them. Just this past week, we got a call from a seller who knows a bunch of real estate agents. They live in a popular neighborhood. But they got on Google to just see who was out there, loved what they saw as far as our reviews, called us for an appointment. And as far as I know, they're only interviewing us. They are in our target farm area. The house is a great sale price and it will absolutely sell in a weekend. And that is the power of focus and being credible online. I didn't get 163 Google reviews in a day. (laughs) We have a really big review track record, a bunch of other places, but I have focus exclusively on Google. It's worked out and I have never looked back. So therefore we're going to just dive right into it. I'm going to break down three simple steps to getting more Google reviews. Two of them are really obvious. And then the third one is a little more tactical, but they're all like when people ask me, how do you do it? It's the combination of these three things I'm going to tell you. So number one is you have to do the most incredible job. (laughs) Duh. That's the thing where it's okay. Yes, Tina, did you really want to waste a step talking about that? But I I want to say something specific. I think you need to do a great job, period. We need to do a great job. I'll speak for myself and my team to earn the review, especially what I think really makes or breaks people wanting to support you in this way is your communication. So First of all, you won't earn a review if you don't have a raving fan. That's obvious, but it did need to be said. (laughs) But when it comes to communication and meeting expectations, I think that's really where the rubber meets the road here. Simple things like under-promising and over-delivering are really important when you are in any sort of sales or customer service engagement, which is what real estate is, both of those things, and a lot more things, too consulting, sometimes a little bit of therapy, and a lot of other things. But at the end of the day, communication is everything. And this has really, in a way, become even clearer to me when I look back at the track record of success we've gotten, not just with getting Google reviews, but also I have some other episodes coming out about this. But I I also am an Airbnb host. And we have had incredible success getting a five-star review every single time. And it's, we've got like super host status. And I think I just have so much experience in spaces of providing service and then training people to do what I want them to do, which is like review and refer and all of that, that what really clarified this for me is seeing in the Airbnb process. And I think it translates exactly back to our clients that it's less about what you do for the client. And it's really about how you make them feel. So I'll say that again, it, what you do matters, but how you make them feel matters even more. And I think that really comes down to communication in all dimensions. So I do think being quick and responsive is so important, obviously not to the detriment of your family life, your boundaries, and your sleep. <laughs> like I'm a big believer in like I'm quick and responsive when I can be, and then when I can't or doesn't work for me people don't mind but there's just that feeling of knowing that someone is on it that brings so much peace of mind especially in a real estate sales process where in the buyer side you know that your agent being quick and responsive makes or breaks winning in a competitive market and then on the listing side you know you're paying the seller knows that they're paying you a large commission to be quick and responsive and follow up with every lead that could possibly sell their house to therefore find the buyer who will give them the most money and the best possible terms. So it, it is important. And it's, I think it's important to manage expectations around that. But there's a lot of ways to make people feel and know that you're quick and responsive. To me, that's the first thing. In case you missed it, High Performance Agent Academy is officially open for new students, and we start on May 1st. Do you feel frustrated by making slow progress, sick of your systems and CRM being a mess, lonely and tired of figuring out how to grow your business on your own? And are you ready for a breakthrough in your sales, marketing, and lead generation? First of all, you're not alone. I have been there, and I've blazed the trail to solve all of those problems. I've assembled every single system, template, and marketing strategy I use so you can copy and paste them right into your business. If you're ready to transform everything about your real estate business, this is your golden opportunity. I will walk alongside you for the rest of 2024 and help you plug these systems directly into your business. And we will customize every element to your market, your brand, your voice, and your goals. High Performance Agent Academy starts on May 1st, and I don't want you to miss the boat. Head to the show notes to get the link or DM me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo and I'll send you everything you need. See you in the Academy. The second thing is always being kind, friendly, and professional, no matter what. And I know that sounds simple, but I don't see that executed nearly as often as you might think. So it's just, it, I think like some of this is a mix of like personal integrity and personal values where you just make a decision. Again, I'll speak for myself. Like I've made a decision that as a professional and just a person in the world who doesn't like waking up with what I call an emotional hangover of being a jerk to someone and then regretting it the next day. And wanting to avoid them if I see them, or needing to apologize when I could have just exercised restraint of tongue and pen. Just making a decision to be friendly and kind always, it has served me so well. And honestly, it's a little bit selfish because it keeps me from needing to clean up nearly as many messes as if I, if on the alternative, if I were to let myself unfilter and say the things you sometimes wish you could say to put someone in their place or make them feel small or fire back when someone's coming at you. I never feel good about myself if I allow that. So for me, it's just like a really high-level personal commitment that I'm kind and friendly to the best of my ability always. And it makes me feel good about who I am, and it definitely serves my business and my reputation. So communication-wise, those are some things that I've decided I value being quick, being kind. And then also, I think, especially in the real estate process, there is so much, it's so stressful. There's so many things that need to happen, whether we're talking buyer or seller representation. Having really proactive communication is really key because when I and when my team and our templates and different messaging warn people and set the tone for what's coming. What happens is it's much more rare that they feel surprised or blindsided by anything that goes on. And people really appreciate that because when you're going through a major life event like selling a home or buying a home and a ton of money is at stake, the last thing you want to feel is blindsided or stupid or unprepared or just angry of like, why didn't you tell me I was going to need Why didn't I get a net sheet showing that there's transfer taxes? Or why didn't I get that estimate from the lender? I didn't realize the closing costs were going to be that much. Those are just some like big ticket item examples. But I'll give you two examples, like just personal things that happened recently that I can see this the way this played out. Like I recently had a transaction where a seller was balking at paying a commission. And it was very clear to me that their listing agent never gave them a net sheet during the negotiations or even after the house went under contract. So they had made an assumption that a commission was being waived, and it was not. (laughs) And it was an interesting situation. It all worked out. But I was like, wow, if that agent just had a process of proactive providing of key information, this conversation would never have happened. And then the other thing is I was just actually getting a haircut and hearing a story from someone about communication. And she was telling me about an agent that one of her colleagues had hired and that her colleague had come over to her and recently shown her a text and just said, is this really the way I should be communicated with? Like she was just questioning the lack of kindness and care in that message. And I think it's just so easy in our busy world to dash off communications in the like, digital form that don't land well. And no one's perfect with this. I have definitely not landed well a million times over the years. I just try and get better and be really self-honest and learn over time. But those are the kinds of things that, in my opinion, make or break getting a review. Because it's really about the relationship that if people feel bought in enough to you and your success that they're going to bother to review you, so it's not just doing a great job, it's building a relationship and them knowing that you were on it and that you really care. And again, it's just funny seeing it, especially in my Airbnb reviews. I recently reread them in preparation for my Airbnb episode, and so many people called out the communication and the care that they felt, separate from the fact that like the house was in a good location or clean or as advertised. And that would definitely be the same with our actual client reviews on Google. So we have power in how we make people feel. We don't, and it's funny because someone's probably listening to this going, you can't make anyone feel a certain way. And I'm like, yes, I know. That's like another way to interpret this statement. But I do believe we have a lot of power and leverage over how we treat people and how we show respect and gratitude for them. So I think there's, like I said, I'm very human. I have said many things over the years that haven't always landed well on the other side with people, especially you can't control the way people perceive things in writing. You can't. You don't have the opportunity to maybe course correct in a live conversation, which is also why I think it's really important to actually verbally talk to your clients a lot as well throughout the process. So that's step one, do an incredible job, especially as a communicator. Step two is very straightforward as well. And the way I would just frame this second piece of the process is you've got to verbally tell your client that you would really like a review and why it matters. (laughs) And this is the part that can get really dicey for a lot of us. And I will speak for myself. I have been really squirmy in the past in like earlier chapters in my career about, Looking someone in the eye and saying, you know what, I'd love for you to refer me when you get the opportunity. Or I would like just looking at someone and telling them that they need to do something for you or that you would really like for them to help you. It can bring up a lot of different feelings and baggage for us, whether it's unworthiness and inadequacy or not wanting to be salesy or weird or make someone uncomfortable. And I think like what I would say is underneath all of it for me, and in a lot of the conversations that I've had with people about this kind of matter, which is essentially asking people for their help and their support, is that it's vulnerable. And that there's that like unconscious seed of a thought of what if they don't want to help me? Or what if they say no? Or what if I look stupid? And All of the little things that can run in the back of your mind. And the impact of that is that can lead us to not sharing with our advocates, aka the clients where we've built the kind of rapport that I've been talking about so far, where we're robbing them of the opportunity to help us. Because believe it or not... (laughs) Some people will innately want to help you. They're going to love you and they're going to innately be your cheerleaders. But that is the minority of people. You you know who those people are in your business. You don't have probably a list of 3,000 cheerleaders. There's probably a short list of people who adore you and are really bought into your success and go out of their way to help you. And that's wonderful. And those people are really important. And I could give you my list. (laughs) Think about one of my earliest clients and supporters, Patrick. Shout out to Patrick Daniels if he ever listens to this. He made sure every teacher at his school hired me to buy a house. And he made it his business to support me. Like we all have those kinds of people. But then there's like a second tier where they're not cheerleaders, but they loved you. They would refer you. They would hire you again in a heartbeat. But sometimes we do need to have conversations to bring those people along and plant the seed for a couple reasons. And getting referrals is a whole other topic. So I'm just going to shelf that while we talk about getting reviews. But the bottom line is when people know that the review matters and that it actually impacts your business and that you actually notice and need it, they're much more likely to be motivated to do it. And they do need sort of a suggestion. They're not going to read our minds or intuitively know, (laughs) or they might even intend to do it, but they get busy or they Google you and then like a phone call comes in and they get distracted and it never gets done. Like great intentions. And I bet some of you listening to this might be nodding your head. I've talked with many agents who I've coached where they're like, they told me they would review me at closing and then they never did it. And I know they meant to, but now it's been months and I feel weird reaching out and all of that. So yeah, I think sharing with your client. And I'll just give you, I'm not big on scripts per se, although there are things I've said so many times that they've just become a script. But I think it's as simple as picking your moment. And I'm going to say a little bit more about what it looks like to pick a great moment later on here. But you pick your moment, and then you just say, hey, Jim, I just want to let you know that building my Google review presence is a huge priority for me. I'm finding that anyone who hires me checks me out on Google first. And it's just become essential for me to always have a track record of recent reviews. Would you mind writing one for me? Now that's a longer script, but I wanted to say that to basically, that's how I talk to people. If I feel like they need a little bit of an explanation where I'm just like, this actually matters. This actually helps me. Like, Sometimes I say to people, I've been finding that even if someone refers me and says, Tina's the most awesome realtor in town, we're in a culture now where people check reviews first. And if the reviews are sparse or I haven't had a fresh one in months, it can just get in the way of me maybe getting that opportunity. So it's rare that I need to really dive in with people, but I do think it does really help to say, just so you know, if you take a minute or two to write me a review, It really helps. I find that almost everyone who hires me has vetted my refuse before they call me. And then people go, awesome, got it. Where do I do it? And that (laughs) leads us into step three, leveraging systems to reinforce and remind your client about reviewing you. And you've got to make it easy and clear. So we have woven in a review training campaign from our prospects' very first contact with us. So I'm basically going to give you my mental checklist of all the ways that we have woven reviews into the conversations and written collateral that all of our clients and initial prospects see. First of all, our reviews are heavily featured on our website. If you go to group.com and just want to check out, first of all, One of my big projects in 2021 was investing a lot of time and money in creating a really beautiful, high-end, content-rich website. That's also a whole other topic. But if you want to vet us and check out our site, I encourage you to do so. I will just say that having a detailed, content-rich website has also really helped seal the deal. For a lot of what I call stranger business, where they're either like, a referral that is much less like close quarters or they've just been found us some other way and the website kind of seals the deal. So we have a tab for our testimonials and I made the effort to find a really great widget that live updates our Google reviews as they come in into the website. So I I pay a membership for that. I've made that more of a priority (laughs) than showing listings on my site. Like that's how strongly I feel about this. So they're woven into, some of our best reviews are highlighted in different parts of the website, but then there's a full testimonial section and there's a call to action in there where people can review us. So we actually have a really easy way to direct people to reviewing us. So it should be on your website is the bottom line. Checklist item number one. Item number two, we bring up reviews in our buyer consultation and in our listing presentation. Our team made a strategic decision to go really digital with both of those presentations slash I almost call them like training forms. (laughs) So I really want to do some separate episodes breaking some of this down. Our buyer consultation is essentially a really beautifully designed smart form that is web based. And it's a combination of two things. The first like 25% of it is educational information for the client about us, our team, reviews, the process, et cetera. Then the remaining, I would say, 75 to 80% of it is a bunch of questions about their dream home, their financial picture, and a whole lot more. So we've just got an incredibly thorough and professional buyer intake process, and people really love it. And right there front and center is a tone setter (laughs) that we encourage them to vet our current reviews and that we would really like one for them from them down the road. So that's the second touch. And then simultaneously on the listing side, we have a digital listing presentation that covers similar bases. It's set up a little bit differently since the processes are obviously a little different on the front end, but the reviews are heavily featured there. And there's also a clickable link to go live right to our Google page and see the credible, like the Google side of it versus like our version of what the reviews are. So people can really just vet that all the way. And then (laughs) there's a lot of other things we do, but I would say jumping to the next thing we do that really makes the biggest difference is years ago, I implemented a system in our contract to closing process called the milestone email. And that was initially designed to actually check the box I talked about in step one today which is to communicate so proactively and thoroughly that your client is thrilled, they're never surprised or blindsided, and also you're really limiting inbound questions because you've pre-answered so many of the things people are going to ask. So we have these beautiful weekly emails that our transaction coordinator sends out every week when you're under contract, and it outlines for the client basically where they are in the process, and it's two lists. What's already done in bullet points, and then what's outstanding And in what order? So, you know, when we're newly under contract, it's congrats, like we're signed, and the home inspection's next week. And then on the outstanding list, there's everything that needs to happen, right? The loan application, the appraisal, the termite inspection, whatever the case may be. And the very last bullet point (laughs) in that list before closing, is it says something along the lines and I'm just paraphrasing I don't have it in front of me that basically they're going to give us a five star review on Google and then there's a little postscript with that says if at any point we're not on track to earn a five star review please reach out to us so that little line <laughs> is there telling them from the minute we go under contract that our intention is to earn not get, (laughs) to earn a five-star review, and even opening the door that if something isn't feeling quite right, let us know. So depending on how long you're under contract, people get that email between four and eight times, depending on whether we're in a 30 to 60-day window. And that's where I think marketing tactics are so important with this stuff. There's clarity in your message. I want a review. There's meaning in your message. Here's why the review matters. And then there's consistency, which is saying it more than once. Because if you only say it once, it may not happen because reviews are in that weird realm of there's like an administrative task that is also blended with you need to maybe be in the mood to write one. And not everyone's just on top of their administrative little things they know they should do in life or like always in the mood to sit down and write something really nice. Consistency is really what matters. So our milestone emails, I believe strongly, are what have really helped us adding that line item into the milestone. I felt a little funny when we started doing it, but now I don't regret it. I love that it's there. And I love opening the door of, hey, if there's ever anything that feels off track, like we want to know about it, reach out to us. So that is the next thing in our workflow. The next thing, and this is what I said earlier about picking your moment. So I want to loop back on that. I think the best time to get a review is not necessarily waiting till closing. There's actually a huge problem with waiting till closing. And the problem with waiting until closing is that your client is now moving on to other focuses. They're no longer obligated to you for lack of a nicer way of saying it, like they're literally moving on to other things. The kind of the frequency and the intensity of your connection with them is about to decrease. And it's tough to re engage people after they've closed, especially if they're now in the process of moving in or unpacking and have a million things to do in their new space. So I think getting the review while the deal is in process is a context shift that would help a lot of agents get more reviews. And your client might say, Oh, I need, I'll do it when we close. And then I don't push hard, but I'm like, That's fine. And if you want to do it before closing, that works too. But coming back to picking your moment and why it does like waiting till closing has some serious downsides, in my opinion, is capitalize on a moment when your client is overjoyed. I know that you have had countless times, if you've been selling houses for a while, and if you're new, then this is going to happen to you a lot. You are going to save the day for your client, you're going to clinch some inspection repair for them, or just they're under contract and they won the bidding war. Or you've just handed them some beautiful personalized gift at the final walkthrough and they say to you, oh my gosh, you've been incredible. How can I thank you for everything that you've done for me? That is your opportunity (laughs) to go for the kill. And if you're really focused on reviews, my response would be, you know what? It would be so helpful if you could just write me a short review on Google. Can I text you the link? Text is so important. Follow up with an email too, but people are often more likely to just take action from a text message and texts have a much higher open rate in case you didn't know that. The bottom line, when someone says, how can I thank you? How can I show my appreciation? In my heart, I have two answers. I want referrals and I want reviews, but I've also learned that when you give people too many things to do, too many calls to action, they don't do anything. (laughs) So pick your moment and pick what you want to use your moment for And if you're really good at your job, you're probably going to have more than one great moment where you can also educate them that making introductions and referrals to anyone they know is a huge help as well. And obviously, in a way, a referral might be more valuable than a review. But I don't know. I don't know. I would argue that both ways. So those would be my very best practices to front load and educate people from the beginning. You want to make that verbal ask. You want to capitalize on the opportunity. And then you do want to have systems in place to ask for reviews upon and after closing. Just know that's kind of your last chance and before then would be great. And the more that you can get ahead of it, the more success you will probably have getting reviews consistently. So in our team, we have an email touch that goes out several business days after closing. We've just picked that as, you know what? We're not going to wait weeks, but we're not going to do it the day after. So that was just sort of like a, instinctual call of what seemed like a good way to do it. If they don't respond or they say, oh yeah, we'll do it. And then they don't, I really think you need to follow up and having a system to do that. Texting is really good here. I'm just saying, and one of my favorite like scripts that I do use all the time is at the risk of being annoying dot. And that might be very much like a Tina thing. You might not want to use that script at all, but that's what I do when I feel like I might be being annoying, but I really need to ask anyway. <laughs> so I just say, at the risk of being annoying, I'm really working on my Google presence. Is there any chance I can drop you the link to write me a review? I only need one sentence. And then what happens is they're probably going to write at least a few sentences. But even one great sentence and five stars is awesome. It's actually a lot more readable than a mega paragraph. So I just let people know. Let it be easy. right? Build a track record. You'll eventually have reviews that are really long and really short and everything in between with all kinds of beautiful statements about you that you can cherry pick and and use in your marketing. Those are my tips for having systems in place to reinforce and train your client to review you. And when all else fails, just ask them directly. Do not hope and wait and wish. And if it makes you uncomfortable, I get it. You don't need to dive into the deep end of the pool with this, but maybe you can just implement one thing I've talked about in this podcast, like working it into an email or working it into one of your presentations, or making sure that there's a review section on your website, just do something to move the ball forward. And I do encourage you to really embrace trying and practicing articulating to people why it matters and why it helps you why it makes a difference, because I think that's really what connects the dots with people who are bought into supporting you and want to demonstrate their gratitude. I'm gonna wrap up here with a couple bonus tips. (laughs) Number one, make it easy. There is a way to grab a link that doesn't just open to your Google page, but it opens to the review section of your Google page. That is the link you need to give people. Don't make them find it. Give them the direct link where all they have to do is tap five stars and write something down. Bonus tip number two, I already said it, but I'm gonna say it again give people one task ask them for a Google review. Don't ask, hey, can you do a review on Google and then also paste it and copy and paste it on Nextdoor and Zillow and Yelp? It's too much. Marketing tip for you. The more complex your call to action is, the less likely people are to carry out the request. One of my favorite sayings that I heard someone say years ago is, be brief, be brilliant, be gone. I mean, that applies to like anything in life where you're trying to talk and influence and (laughs) close deals. But I think especially in marketing, there is an opportunity that I think a lot of real estate agents have, which is to be clearer and to the point, but in a way that kind of answers that like, why does it matter? So I'd love for you to review me on Google, click here to do so is a much better call to action than you know, what really helps me? when you review me online, I have a bunch of platforms. Take your pick. Here's a link to all five. I would recommend the former over the latter (laughs) of what I just described. Bonus tip number three is do understand that not everyone will give you a review. Do not take things personally. If you can work towards getting reviews 80% of the time, I would consider that a huge win. Bonus tip number four, I do recommend tracking your reviews. I have a spreadsheet that lists every under contract and closed transaction in our team, and that's our master tracker for everything. We just added a column to mark whether they reviewed us or not. So at a moment's notice, we can just look and see who's reviewed and who hasn't, and then follow up with whoever hasn't if we feel like we know they're an advocate, we know they would write something great, we just need to make the ask. And then my fifth bonus tip is there's a lot more to this story of how to do this at a really high level. In my Academy for Agents, which is called High Performance Agent Academy, I coached one of my clients to get 50 Google reviews in two weeks. I gave her a very specific playbook, (laughs) a strategy to do, including templates, what system to use, what to say, how to say, and when to say it. So if you want my playbook and really want to skyrocket your business, and my podcast is awesome, I have to say, I feel like I'm giving out a lot of value. But there's a whole lot more to what I do on a level of specificity and tactical strategy that we could never cover in these short audio sessions. So if you want my real playbook on everything, get on the wait list for High Performance Agent Academy. I have another cohort opening up in fall 2023, and I love helping people with this stuff. So if this is speaking to you and you're like, I want to do this, but I really wish I could tap into Tina way more, and I want to just copy and paste Her milestone email and send it to my clients. That's exactly what the Academy is for. And I am going to end with one more bonus tip because I just can't help myself. There, and this is more of like a thing for you to think about and maybe do some self analysis in your business. There is what I call a credibility check loop that many prospects do when they hear about you or come across you on the internet somehow. And I've already said this today, but I want to position it a way where you can really analyze if there's any breakdown in your loop. In my opinion, the three places that most savvy people check you out online before calling you for an appointment or making an inquiry is your online review track record, almost always Google. They also check your web presence. They just Google you and see what comes up. And do you have a website and how good is it? And is the website helping or hindering people from wanting to reach out to you? I had a hindering website before I finally overhauled mine. And then the third part of that loop is your social media presence. And are you findable? There's a lot that goes into auditing your social media presence. And I'm not even talking about being some like killer content creator. I'm talking about basics as far as being findable, contactable, verifying if you're even the same person that they think you are. All of that stuff really matters in today's day and age. So if you're missing one of those key pieces in your loop, or one of those pieces really stinks, you do want to address that. So this one addresses the credibility check as far as the review piece of things, but there's a lot more to this. So again, this is really where I get into all of that with my students in the academy. So I'm just going to reiterate, I help people walk through these things and level up these systems in one fell swoop instead of doing it the slow, long, painful way. Regardless of whether you ever join my academy or not, thank you for being with me today, spending this time learning and listening to me. And I really look forward to catching up with you on the next episode. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't, and I will chat with you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast. Make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button so you don't miss the next episode. And check the show notes for links to all of my goodies, including my newsletter filled with tips for ambitious agents. You can also find me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo. Talk to you soon.